Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, because we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, by the way. Also, check us out on Twitter, Walker Mail. No, Doug. That is not Doug Branson's face you're looking at. You can still follow him on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. The show handles on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Instead, that face right there is the man Sam Purley over at the Charlotte Hornets organization. You can also follow all of his uh, stuff on his Twitter handle at Sam underscore pearly and you can go to his uh to the website hornets.com and check out all of his content sam thank you so much for hopping on with us once again man how are you yes thank you for having me uh let's just go one-on-one here we're gonna miss doug but hopefully we can uh pull up pull up the extra slack or uh i mean uh I hope so. It's hard, it's really hard to just, replace them. I mean, it's the behind the scenes stuff that often gets a little, a little bad. I should say at the, you know, trying to have the graphics pulled up, the intros look different. So we're going to try to do everything right. When Doug is out, um, we usually run into these problems, but here we are, we have you. And so that's going to be all the help that I need, hopefully trying to transition through these graphics. And then we'll try to figure out how to work all of it together. But we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. At least the Charlotte Hornets, they look really good, right? Right now, four games in a row, they've won. They beat down the Dallas Mavericks. And I actually was pretty optimistic going into that game, given the schedule that the Dallas Mavericks had experienced at that time. Tired, no Spencer Dinwiddie, which was going to help after what he did. He hit the game winner, I believe, in that game against the Brooklyn Nets. And so, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, you know, when, when you're getting some kind of this injury luck for the Hornets and they're capitalizing on it, too. So, Sam, you know, just overall, what do you think the theme is? of the Charlotte Hornets team right now and how they're playing so well leading to four games in a row where they've won. Yeah, I think it comes down to a couple things. I think uh, you look at over the four game winning streak right now. I think the offense has been kind of the clearly the driving force uh, first in the NBA. I think the efficiency is at 132 right now. Uh, over the last four games from offense, they have four games. They've hit 23s. Um, and then in the game that maybe their offense was a little off in that Atlanta game, they obviously PJ Washington had the big surge at the end of the fourth quarter. So uh, offense has really, really been key in things. I think that's trickled over and helped the defense get set a little bit more. Um, and another impressive thing that I think is kind of flying under the radar, but you saw it a lot in that Dallas game is their job of closing quarters right now. Um, they closed, I think when they had that comeback in Oklahoma city, where they're down 18, they really closed the second quarter really well. Uh, obviously saw in Atlanta, they closed that fourth quarter really well. And then in the Dallas game too, um, I want to say they closed the second quarter, went on a little run at the end and then the third quarter as well. So they've been really getting a lot of momentum um, at the end of the, at the quarters. I don't know exactly how you quantify like what exactly that skill is, but they've been, you know, the bench unit and, and is coming in and playing really well. So overall, it's just really balanced basketball right now. After kind of a tough February, they they gotten rolling right now, and obviously, hopefully, it continues throughout the uh, the rest of this homestand. Well, and that's what's interesting about the Hornets right now. Like you're talking about, even closing these quarters, I'm just glad that they're showing up for every single quarter. You know, inconsistency, right? Like that's just kind of what it's been for this team as they've been trying to grow. You would have an excellent first, and then you might lay an egg in the second, and it was too much to dig yourself out of. We can go to some of the worst ones this season the third quarter against Miami where they scored eight points we have a few of those but recently uh, recently I 
feel like they've been giving you some pretty complete games or at least not digging themselves so much into a hole where they can't get out of it. And it starts, Sam, that that win against the Hawks, right? Like the win against the Pelicans was huge. They needed to win that one. Pelicans had a ton of guys that were out. CJ McCollum was out of that one because health and safety protocols. That was just at the beginning of a Brandon Ingram injury that I think is still going to affect him to the point where he does not play tonight. No Zion, obviously. You needed to win that one, and they did. That was more of a sigh of relief than a, okay, Hornets are back. But that Hawks game, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, PJ goes ballistic. Terry Rozier hits a three in that mix that, you know, got the crowd as loud as they had been in the Spectrum Center all that night. And that game was over in a blur. Like, I thought that was going to be a tight game. And all right, you know, let's gear up for a potential overtime in a, in a 9-10 matchup. And, oh, this game's over immediately? Okay, they just decided to end it there. And I think we talk about that growth. Like, that was a shining example of it. And P.J. played well against Dallas, too. Awesome to see that. I, I just think not only are you seeing the good closes two quarters, but just overall, they're showing some more consistency throughout the entirety of a game. Yeah, and I think the starts have been really good as well. Obviously, the Dallas game, I think there was 16-2 and maybe like 22-6 to halfway through the first quarter. And obviously, Dallas is a great team. I mean, I think they're uh, they're obviously in the top six seed in the West right now. They have a superstar in Luka Doncic. So you know they're going to go on a run. The trick is when they go on that run, you're going to be able to – you know, not let it get away from you or not let momentum go the other way and, and be able to kind of stay in control and put yourself in position to win. I think they had a really good start against the Hawks too. And just, uh, that's kind of the goal. You know, that was a, that was a problem at the start of the season. It felt like the Hornets would fall down 10, 15 points and they'd be having all these comebacks, which is great, but it's not necessarily a recipe for long-term success. I mean, it happens every once in a while, but you, you know, fall down double digits to start every game. It's, you're just not going to win a whole lot of games or it's not a consistent formula for winning. So um, yeah. And I would even go back to that Boston game too. Uh, I think they've won six of eight. Maybe the Nets game was probably the one that was a really, really bad start. And obviously Kyrie had the, the 50 point, but even that Boston game and they were in it right till the end of that third quarter, I think it was a five or six point game. So uh, when you play consistent basketball for over at least you know, in this context, the first 36 minutes and you put yeah. yourself in position to win, that's what you're looking to do. If you kind of dig yourself a hole, then your margin of error just kind of shrinks the rest of the way. So yeah, really, really balanced basketball. And over this four game winning streak, they're finding ways to win in different manners. It's closing games. It's, you know, having big third quarters and kind of, you know, riding it out at the end, like they did at Dallas, same thing, I think with the Pelicans game, uh, in Oklahoma city, they fell behind early and kind of rallied and collect themselves and came roaring back. So, uh, it's impressive, not only the four straight wins, but it's four wins that were all a little bit different. So finding different ways to win is, uh, as important or is also really important as well. Well, and, and I think just real quickly before we transition to the next segment, it's the NBA, you're going to face a star, a lot of nights, I do feel like they've been facing some really impressive basketball players on this recent stretch. Pelicans, not so much somebody that you would consider a star considering everybody they have out, but you know, Kyrie Irving goes for 50, Jason Tatum, 44. You even have Shea Gilgis who has a great game against the Hornets, but they're able to beat the thunder. And then they have an excellent defensive strategy, which they tend to do against Trey young. You know, his numbers are not as good against the Hornets by actually a pretty significant amount um, compared to what they are against other teams in the NBA but then you face a Luka Doncic who gets his he scores 37 but then everybody else is held in check you know Sam what do you make of JB's defensive game plan where it seems like they were trying to limit 
the production of a Kyrie or a Jason and it didn't work because they were great but they didn't want to leave everybody else uh they didn't want to have those guys go one-on-one right like a Kyrie and Jason they just still they were able to to eat as much as they possibly could but it worked against Trey and then with Luca he got his 37 but nobody else got going for the Dallas Mavericks and I think that really helped him I guess what have you made of the defensive game plan against some of these stars some of these best players in the NBA that James Brago and the Charlotte Hornets have executed yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly challenging. I think it's even more challenging if you look at Boston and Brooklyn in particular. You, know, you can try and take away, you know, a lot. I mean, Kevin Durant, I think, had 18 points in that game. So it's really hard to take away both right. guys. Like, what, it, it's just, it's sort of like a pick your poison kind of thing. Like, and, so Jalen, yeah, if you've got mm-hmm. two, it's going to hurt. But I guess yeah. you're right in the Hawks and the Mavs situation, there's only the one, which is easier to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And to, and to Kyrie's credit, Jason Tatum, I mean, Jason Tatum, I think was reigning Eastern Conference player of the week. He was coming off a 40 something point game. I mean, uh, that Kyrie Irving performance was as brilliant as anything I've ever seen live from an opposing player. I mean, he was just on it, like just had it that night, everything he was hitting. And I don't even think the Hornets defense was that bad in that game. I think it's just, it's one of those nights where the other guys just you know, he, he's just clicking, but, uh, to talk about the Hawks, I mean, I, you don't even realize until afterwards in the box score. And you're like, wow, Trey young. I mean, they took the ball out of his hands. He did tie a season high, I think with 15 assists, but six turnovers. I mean, they're really, really physical to him, made things hard. You could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated, uh, maybe towards the end. And, uh, you know, I think that was obviously a huge component holding him to just nine points. And then, yeah. like you said, with Luca, I mean, you know, he's, obviously really, really good. And a lot of the stuff he does is isolation. I can't recall how much he got to the free throw line, but it wasn't a ton. I mean, they kept him a yeah, lot. Of stuff out of the for him. Yeah. So they kept him out of the perimeter and, and if he's going to take these long contested isolation threes and knock them down, I mean, that's, that's a shot you're going to have to live with. And he was really, really good. But uh, to the Hornets credit, there really wasn't anybody else in that game that kind of stepped up to take, you know, another 20, 25 points or something. And uh, it's interesting because the last two times I think they played the Mavericks, it felt like Kristaps uh, Porzingis was a really, really big matchup problem for them. They just, they, they had challenges with the Porzingis Dallas team. And obviously he's not there anymore. So a little bit of a smaller team, uh, the Mavericks are now. And I think it kind of matched up a little bit better with the Hornets on Saturday night. So um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's, there's great players. You can see great players in the league every night. I mean, Trey Murphy on the Pelicans had 32 against them last time. And that was 20 points more than his career high. So everybody's talented, but uh, you know, I think the defensive strategy has been really well. It's just, obviously it's harder when you've got teams that have those two guys like a Tatum and Brown or, or Durant and Kyrie to just to take both of them away is, is, uh, is tough. So it's kind of a, a pick your poison scenario. Yeah, it was, but it, it worked against Atlanta. They were able to take away Trey and then against Dallas, even if Luca got his 37, nobody else really got going for him. And when you're scoring over 130 points, you know, or at least 130, you know, it's, it's going to do you well. So you're going to have a little bit of room to work with and the Charlotte Hornets offensively, they have been clicking on all cylinders here recently. All right, let's talk about built bar. One of the, uh, one of the sponsors of this podcast that we love and we've loved for so long go to built.com right now and make sure that you're still sticking to that new year's resolution by getting a box of whatever flavor you want the ogs are great they're the staples that are phenomenal they're all covered in 100 real chocolate but they're also high in fiber high in protein but they're low cal and they're low sugar those are built bars that help you stay in shape but also taste so good like a candy bar go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 
for 15% off at built.com. We've got more Sam Pearly coming up next. We'll dissect the Pelicans game a little bit more tonight and plenty more on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Is Locked On Hornets. We've been trying to decipher what the Thanksgiving sixth dish of the year is. Like, is there a dish at Thanksgiving that you think is the sixth dish of the year coming off of the bench and giving you big time minutes helping you win games? Wow. Well, see, I've been kind of screwed um, by my selection of a wife. Um, I always love sweet Elaborate, potatoes. Eric. It's hurry, elaborate. Yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Sam Purley joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Purley. Man, you mentioned that Kyrie Irving performance real quickly. Like it, it's one of the best things you've ever seen live. I left that game thinking that too. And I, I saw Kevin Durant get the triple double at the Spectrum Center. That was fun when he did that with Golden State. That was a few years back. But then I, I went back to check the box score. It's not like he was crazy efficient. You know, Kyrie doing the 50 point performance thing on 19 shots was pretty pretty mind-blowing it's I mean I think it is number one like what are some of the other performances you can come up with that rival what Kyrie did at the Spectrum Center uh the one that came to mind for me and this is strictly just kind of opposing player um the one that came to mind and I know it's going to bring some nightmarish thoughts back but it was a Zach Levine game oh uh, yeah when when you said it's funny (laughs) when you said nightmare I knew you were going Zach Levine and it that's funny you mentioned that man like just because that is the one that that play where he hits the three-point shot and and we all go home and the Hornets lose it's funny how that is the most synonymous for nightmare to me despite when it's you know everybody loses plenty of games and that's one that really does hurt yeah I think uh I think I was trying to look back I think uh, that was the most points like the previous like that was the highest point total I think by an opposing player since the Zach Levine game and I saw it pop up in basketball reference and yeah that one obviously was a little bit uh more painful just because the way it transpired and it was right there and they just hit shot after shot after shot in the fourth quarter and whereas the Nets one I think was a little bit more in hand but that that Zach Levine I think he ended with like 13 threes or something and hit like six or seven in the fourth quarter uh I think he finished with 49 but that one was one that was just like it took like three days, I think, for me to like, or whenever the next game was, I was yeah. like, I still can't believe that happened. It was one of the most strictly from just a basketball sense, just like one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. If I was just kind of the casual fan, obviously when you're on the Hornets side, it's like sick to your stomach, but oh, that yeah. was the one that was the Kyrie one in, ter- in terms of just the shot making it and just couldn't miss X factor that that was the closest uh, what Kyrie did the other day was as closest as to the Zach Levine games I can remember. That no, that's crazy. You're right. Like Zach Levine, that's the one, and you are right. It's it's about as painful as it gets because you just you had the win, and then all of a sudden there's a steal, and he hits yeah. this amazing three, beautiful shot too. You're right. I, I don't want to go down more painful memories for the Charlotte <laughs> Hornets, but that is one. You can only go down from there. So I guess that would be at least a little bit better for Charlotte Hornets fans. Let's take a look at tonight's game, Sam, against the Pelicans when. We got news that Brandon Ingram was going to be out initially with that hamstring injury. It was that he was going to be reevaluated in seven to 10 days. That was going to be right on the cusp for the second game that the Hornets and the Pellies were going to play. Well, here they. 
they are tonight. New Orleans is coming on night, or they're about to play the second night of a back-to-back. They beat the Atlanta Hawks. They've actually won three of their last four, and that's all since. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets the first time. So they've been battling injuries. They obviously don't have Zion. They haven't had Brandon Ingram during this stretch. They've been without CJ maybe a couple of games because of health and safety protocols, and they might be without Devontae tonight. Devontae Graham has a hip injury. He did not play against the Hawks, but he's day-to-day. We'll see if he can play against Charlotte. Point being, you're going to have another opportunity to take advantage of a team that is depleted despite playing well, and their rest is not going to be as much as what Charlotte has. Seems like a good opportunity, uh, Sam. What are you kind of looking for in this game specifically as it pertains to the Pelicans? Yeah, like you said, good opportunity. You've got momentum right now. Uh, offense was really, I think they finished with, I think that was the the win in New Orleans kicked off this four-game winning streak. I think that was the one where they had the fourth. And, uh, but New right. Orleans, I mean, they played well that game. That first half, I think, I want to say it was like a five to six point game at half. And then they came out in the third quarter. It was like a 19 seven run or something. And kind of, it got away from, and they, I feel like, like you said, they didn't have McCollum at the time. Didn't have Ingram. Larry Nance is still don't think has played for them. They've obviously right. not had Zion the whole season. And you, when you, in the, biggest thing is when you build a roster around one player that is as unique and special as Zion Williamson, uh, it's tough to kind of figure it out because you have so many guys that are there to kind of play off him. So, uh, but I was really impressed with some of their young talent, you know, guys that aren't necessarily, um, you know, top of the lottery, high first round picks. I mean, the, you know, Trey Murphy, I think was a first round pick. We talked about him. He had 32 points. Jose Alvarado, I think was uh, undrafted, undrafted rookie from Georgia tech. I want to say he was ACC player of the year last year. Herb Jones has been a great find for them in the second round. So they've got a lot of guys that are, they've kind of, you know, combed through that second draft and free agency market and, and it played really well for them. And I thought the Hornets in that first game did a really good job uh, neutralizing their centers. I don't think Jonas Valanciunas played very well. Billy I think played well off the bench, but what I don't remember necessarily what he had, but um, yeah, it was a really good performance that pulled this one out last time out in new Orleans. And um, yeah, you've got the momentum right now, whatever you did in that first game against the Pelicans, try and replicate it. Uh, but like we said, obviously CJ McCollum should be back tonight and he's been, really, really good for them. Great pickup at the deadline. And uh, this is a big one for the Pelicans too. They're in the ninth seed in the West right now, uh, trying to hold off and get, um, I think eighth might be a little bit far away for them, but in terms of hosting that first playing game is certainly in the cards for them. Yeah, it absolutely is. And just taking a look at some of the individuals for the Charlotte Hornets team. How about PJ Washington's last two games? You know, it's funny against the Hawks. He doesn't have I don't think he has a field goal right until the fourth quarter or maybe had a couple points and that was it. And then boom, explodes at the end of it. He has 16 points to show for it. Missed that dunk on the baseline and decided I'm not doing that anymore. Got frustrated, hit every single shot he took after that. He was amazing. And then you even look in this game against against the Dallas Mavericks scores 21 points. I'm happy to see the offense come along for PJ, at least here recently, because I think defensively, look, I think he's been really good this year defensively. I think he's grown so much. James Brego has asked so much of him, especially on the perimeter when he's trying to play the switch. He knows that they're going to try to put PJ in tough situations and they kind of account for that early and he's able to handle himself down in the post as well. But also it's been nice to see him offensively the last two games really come on strong. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was awesome. It, it, you know, it, it's so much fun to see a guy. I think it was, it was a tie game or maybe the Hornets had a one point lead at the end of that Hawks game. And then he hit, like you said, he hit the three, uh, driving layup and just to see when a guy feels it at the yeah. end of that game is awesome. And, um, I think it's been, 
you know, it's been an interesting season because he started the year as the backup five. And I think he had that elbow injury at the beginning of the year. Um, and then he's kind of gone more into four and kind of, I think they've kind of finally settled in. Uh, it seems like his best fit might be in that stretch four position with some small ball five mixed up to it. And you saw that in that Hawks game. I mean, that was kind of the key is they really pulled Capella out of the paint around the rim and he just was not quick enough to kind of get out to the perimeter and guard him on those pick and pops and, and to stay in front of them. And uh, it really kind of was, that was really good recognition by JB to kind of exploit a matchup there because I mean, PJ Capella just really, really struggled to get a handle on him. So yeah, he's clicking at the right time. I think obviously the addition of Montrez Harrell has kind of loaded up that, that front court a little bit more. Mason's playing really well. Um, and even had JT Thor's kind of has been in the mix here and there uh, over the past several weeks. So the Hornets have done a good job of kind of using that length, using that size um, and adding to it and then building on it as well. But yeah, it's been great to see PJ. It's a guy they really need to get going uh, or really needed it. I guess you should say really hoped we kind of get going to this point of the season. He's been a big reason for the success as of late. Well, and, and real quickly before we go to the last segment, how about LaMelo ball? I mean, he's been very good and look, he was struggling turning over the basketball at the very beginning of this month. He had the three games in a row where he had four, four and six James Borrego would put him on the bench. There was some times where he wasn't getting as much playing time. I mean, he was, but he would be, you know, going on these long stretches on the pine. And then you see him play 36 minutes despite getting in some early foul trouble but coming at uh, back really strong and playing really well against the Hawks you see him 30 minutes against Dallas 50% from the field 62 from three going five of eight and I think the floor game has been really good for LaMelo here recently Sam I mean there's been two games where he's had three turnovers but those come on 11 assist games seven assist games and the other two that I'm talking about in the last four are one turnover against the Pelicans zero did not have a single turnover against the Dallas Mavericks. What have you made of his floor game and just really overall what LaMelo has been able to do? Yeah, uh, it's been really good. And two things kind of stand out during this. Obviously, the three-point shooting has been great. Um, five threes in each of his last three games. I think he is shooting um, during this four-game winning streak. is 52% from three. I mean, shooting it with tremendous confidence right now. And, you know, the style that he plays and the way the Hornets play when he's on the floor up-tempo, he's, there's going to just naturally be some turnovers. And with how much they've been moving the ball as well, there's stuff that you're just going to have to live with. But uh, something I thought was really impressive that kind of stood out was if you go back to that Boston game, uh, he was really kind of struggling with their guards and Marcus Smart and those guys. I think he had six turnovers maybe by the – Right. 10 minute mark of the second quarter. I mean, just didn't have it. I think he ended up sitting the rest of the second quarter. Isaiah Thomas came in, kind of leveled things out a little bit, but uh, I think when LaMelo went back in, I don't think he had a turnover the rest of the game. So I was really kind of impressed with, uh, that sort of taking a step back, just take a breather, relax, settle a little bit. And then when you go back in, you know, kind of rectifying, I guess some of the stuff that led to the early giveaways. So, um, it's been a lot of maturation for him in the second season. And right now, like you said, the shooting has been, you know, shooting with great confidence every night. It's, you know, close to 20 points, eight, nine rebounds, eight, nine assists. So he's, he's doing everything right now. He's playing super efficiently. The turnovers, uh, I think he has just seven in his last three games. So right. that's certainly a number you're going to live with. So uh, I thought he's been really, really good and, and has been a big part of this Hornets success. 
Yep. All right. Let's take a look at the next few games on the schedule and finish up our thoughts coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Not before I talk about Bet Online. Look, we all know it's that time of year again. I hope you had a great March Madness opening weekend. I know I did. The games were absolutely insane. If you want to get more involved, visit Bet Online from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. You can um, Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season plus it's not just basketball bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts we'll finish up our thoughts coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast is locked on hornets all right so so we've got al or we've got the question how like how did miles do that can you help us end this debate with so much an unbelievable amount on the line uh doug i respect you to the nth degree um, but walker i'm telling you it, just, it came it, every single person who saw that reacted that way some of us just are tight that's right tighter than others and i just had to release it from my body it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Sam, I imagine if Doug was on the show with us today that he would have pined for getting that call on the bobblehead for Eric Collins and Del Curry that was just released. But I guess we'll settle for the Thunderbolt and the Terry Rozier uh, call that was on the bobblehead. I've got it right here. It didn't. I can't press it because you can't hear it. But like, boom, right there. All of its glory. Del Curry, Eric Collins, in case those who can't see it. Uh, we talked about this the other day, but that was released um, against Dallas, right? That was released this Saturday. We're people got to get it um how much say do you have in some of that stuff where you are you involved in what calls are included not necessarily the design but like some of the ideas what was your role in this if you did have one uh zero i mean <laughs> that's you that's can, kind you of can a... take credit if you want to like <laughs> if you wanted to i would have allowed you to do that <laughs> no it's strictly it was it was zero um you know credit to our, our marketing department and kind of comes up with these eyes i, I want to say that uh, to, I don't know if we really did any giveaways last year just because of the the pandemic and right. didn't know the fan situation at all. I think we obviously had some um, in the nineteen twenty season. I think we actually had a PJ bobblehead. That was the the PJ draft bobblehead was supposed to be for a game that came after the season got postponed and ultimately canceled. So I think a lot of that stuff gets like is done to start the season and you kind of include it in the ticket packages and, and the game nights and classic nights and stuff like that. So um, I think it was still kind of um, I don't know exactly the process going into it. I do know I had zero involvement in all, although execution is tremendous, uh, as always. And uh, remind me of uh, two of the one we did of Steve Martin a, a couple years ago. So good. Uh, that, yeah, that we had the one where you, uh, you flicked like the little lever thing and it was a it was a call. I think it was the Alonzo morning shot from the 93 playoffs was his. Right. Um, mine doesn't work anymore, but uh, the, the little like <laughs> no. switch thing, it doesn't have much... Uh, longevity to it but it reminded me of that with just like the little desk setting and everything too so uh i thought it was awesome i mean it's obviously anything you get eric and dell involved is, is going to be cool so kudos oh, to yeah. our 
marketing staff. Yeah, what a rich history of broadcasters with the Hornets. Like, even if there's only like two that you think of, it's they're excellent and they're so different because Eric Collins is different and he's way different than anybody else. But Steve Martin, a legend, and to have those, that's excellent. I know exactly the bobblehead you're talking about. So that was really cool to have this. Like, I had a chance to talk with Eric on Friday about it, and he was saying he thinks Del Curry looks really good and he wasn't exactly thrilled with how he looked he thought he was like wait I don't know like there's a couple things that need to be fixed I thought they did a pretty good job on, on this bobblehead and Eric Collins he loved the fact that he was getting honors like are you kidding me I got a bobblehead man this is great I don't know if how I look but I think he looks great so Eric yeah shout out to the Hornets marketing team and shout out to uh, Eric Collins for being recognized along with one Del Curry is that like do you find yourself going back and watching games a lot with them on the call because you miss a lot of it like I've been going to games a lot more recently with my new schedule and it's like man I don't have a whole lot of Eric Collins in my life you know I'll, I'll go back and really it's just you know fast forwarding and you know trying to figure out you know what highlights I want to go catch back H how often do you get to listen to some Eric Collins calls yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I think when you attend the games in person and then watch them, I think there's stuff you just don't naturally see. I mean, right. th those guys are great on the broadcast and they'll point out different things you don't necessarily uh, get in real life. So I try to as well. And it, it's kind of funny you say that. My wife, it drives her crazy that if I'll go to, I'll be at the game, sometimes I'll go home and find myself just putting it right back on the TV. And she, the, the concept of it is like you were watching the same game that you were just attended right now, or I'll watch the replay the next day. And it, uh, it drives her crazy because it, she just doesn't understand why someone do that. And I have to explain, you know, this different, this, you see different <laughs> things sometimes on the broadcast you don't see in real life, or you want to kind of look back or if it was a win, it was a exciting. You kind of want to oh, yeah. relive it a little bit. So you go back and watch that, you know, that stretch that PJ had, but, um, Full disclosure, I actually wasn't at the Dallas game the other night. I was at a, a wedding in Massachusetts, so I, I rewatched the game yesterday, um, or I guess watched it for the first time, and um, obviously was really impressed with how they played. And um, But, yeah, every once in a while, and sometimes I watch kind of other games around the league here and there. If there was exciting finishes or things like that. But, uh, yeah, you're always it's always fun to kind of go back and listen to their calls or – Sometimes where I'm sitting too, I can also hear Eric. Uh, oh, you're that close to him. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, he's I don't right think, above me. Okay, okay. I was trying to figure out where you were over at the Spectrum Center, but well, that's good. At least you get to catch it live. It is hilarious though because my girlfriend will think the same thing. If I need to watch something over again, it's like you're just a basketball degenerate. Like what? What? Yeah. What's wrong? This is a problem. You need to go to some kind of self-help group with this, and you need to get out of it. It was like this. What? You miss some stuff. That's just how yeah. it is. You just miss some stuff, and you need to go catch it. Um, all right, let's take a look a little bit more at the Hornets' upcoming schedule. Pelicans tonight, New York on Wednesday, Utah on Friday. You actually don't have a back-to-back -back until Sunday and Monday when you face Brooklyn on the road, but then you're back home against the Denver Nuggets. Then you go on a little bit of a road trip as you're starting to finish out the season. Um, Sam, you know, I thought this was this five-game stretch that they're on right now is going to be crucial for them to do well, and they have been doing well. Um, so, what you know, what's kind of your finishing thoughts on the Hornets and their schedule as it pertains the next five games or so? I, I feel like they have a, a decent opportunity you know with a team like the Knicks with a team you know like uh, well, I mean Brooklyn and Denver is going to be tough but like New Orleans and New York man maybe we can get this thing to six games in a row yeah no I think you look at it and it's, it certainly sets up and I'll preface this by I think everybody's good and even teams sure. that look like they're kind of out of it right now and they're 10 or 15 games under 500 there's a lot of guys on those teams that are playing 
for something, whether it's pride, whether it's a contract invite next year, whether it's a look. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that, you know, aren't necessarily mailing it in because their team might be in 12th or 13th place or something like that. So I kind of said going into the homestand, I think bare minimum, you go three and two. And if you can have one of those wins over Atlanta, I think you take care of business against New Orleans, take care of business against New York. Uh, and you could take one of the Dallas and Utah games, uh, which would be even better. I think, um, you know, so far so good, but yeah, it certainly sets up pretty nice. You've got, you know, teams, you beat new Orleans pretty handily down there. They're two and zero against the Knicks this year. Um, Utah has been kind of up and down. So it's been kind of a challenge, but, um, and then going to Brooklyn and obviously, um, they're kind of, you don't necessarily know what they're going to get. They probably will not have Kyrie Irving in that game. Come back. You beat Denver already this year. So, uh, I think it's exciting just at this point of the season, you playing games that matter and they're there for the taking. And you're also playing really well right now. A lot of these games have been really convincing wins. You know, you're winning. I think all four of these wins have been by double digits. So, uh, it's fun. And that's what you want at this yeah. time of year. You want to be playing games that matter. So, uh, the schedule certainly sets up nicely and it's, it's there for the taking. So hopefully we're in for a lot of good basketball down the stretch here and, and uh, hopefully some more wins as well. Yeah, so let's hope you can finish a potential five-game winning streak tonight against the Pelicans. They're going to be playing at the Spectrum Center. It's exactly where Sam has been this entire time talking about some Charlotte Hornets basketball with us. So, Sam, we appreciate it. Everybody, check out his work. Sam underscore Pearly is where you can follow him on Twitter, and you can go to Hornets.com and check out his work there. Thanks again, Sam. We'll see you tonight. Yep, thank you for having me, Walker. Appreciate it. Always good to have Sam Purley on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Now, make sure your second listen is Locked On. Now, you've got a ton of hosts that kind of recap things that are going on about 30 minutes or so, not even, and their nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your pods. Have a great rest of your day. 